Hello, and thank you for tuning in to our Why We Are Vegan podcast interview series entitled Why We Are Vegan. Each week, I'll be posting one to two interviews I've had with inspirational vegans around the world who are walking their talk. Each of my guests share their personal vegan journey and insights they've gathered along the way. You are about to listen to my interview with the feisty and beautiful vegan Danielle. Danielle began her vegan journey four years ago. Tell us a little bit about yourself personally. Hi, my name is Vegan Danielle, and obviously I'm vegan. (laughs) (laughs) I'm somebody who has been through a crazy journey of wellness and uh, found myself here today. And what do you do professionally? Professionally, I am a podcast host and producer at a studio in San Diego, and I have my own podcast as well. Awesome, and that's called? Vegan Danielle Podcast. There you go. (laughs) So now you've heard her name. There's no way you can forget it. And what are your aspirations for your future? Oh, man. This is something I actually had to think about not too long ago. I don't have it narrowed down completely, but what I can say is that I've always kind of had the personality to help others. I'm kind of at this point now where I want to be able to give back some of the knowledge that I've learned over the years, so I don't know exactly what that looks like yet, but the goal is to somehow help people, women especially, get through some of the stuff that I've been through in my life and then turn it into oh, also, here's this way of healthy, compassionate eating and, you know, kind of bring veganism into it. If you were in a room filled with a dozen kindergartners, how would you share with them why you were vegan in your words as if speaking to them? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Kindergartners. (laughs) Well, first I think I would ask them, do they like animals? And, of course, you know, any kindergartner is going to say yes. And I would say, well, okay, you know, they're friends, right? What would you think about hurting them and be like what no it's so hard I think with little kids because you don't want to hurt their feelings too much and I think you can dumb it down a little bit but it's you know you, you kind of have to say it I think because it is what it is so it's like hey chickens are friends right well then why do you want to eat a chicken they haven't been compromised by society mm-hmm. yet so mm-hmm. what made you decide to become vegan what tipped the scale for you to go all in? animals 100% well I had a little bit of a a cancer scare, a thyroid cancer. Just accepted into university. I was a math major. I was um, taking 19 units at a time. Wow. I was losing my mind. I was at Palomar College, community college, finishing up my last two semesters. And I uh, had to go in for a physical for extra credit on one of my classes. And so I'm so thankful for that class. And I went in for the physical. And the doctor says, you know, we found something in your throat. We're going to send you to an endocrinologist. And the endocrinologist does an ultrasound, says, oh, yeah, we kind of looks like there might be something there. We're going to do a biopsy. Do the biopsy. About a week goes by. Two weeks goes by. And then I find myself finals week. Actually, finals day. I was about to take my calculus final. Literally 10 minutes before the final, I got a phone call. And uh, it's my doctor's office, and they say it's cancer. The point was that I, I had already seen some stuff about the animals. I had decided I didn't want to eat them anymore, but I didn't really know how to do it. I think it was right before Thanksgiving of 2015 was when I officially said I was going to go vegan, but then I got the diagnosis a month later or something. Mm-hmm. I was in it for the animals, but the health reason gave me a whole nother thing, because I started reading about the acidity in the body, and, and mm-hmm. how meat and dairy are acidic, and 
it definitely wasn't going to help me. Or maybe it wasn't the cure to go vegan, but it wasn't going to help continuing to eat animal products. So I thought, you know, the only way I'm going to be able to do this is go fully raw, eat as healthy as possible. And I had the cruelty. I didn't even know very much. I just saw like literally like two minutes of earthlings and I was like, oh, nope, turned yep. it off. Could never do it again. So I had animal products in the house still. But after I found out about the cancer thing, I was like, okay, not not mm-hmm. even going to... We donated everything in the house. So mm-hmm. instead of, like, finishing it up... Because we just decided, okay, we're not going to eat... Or we're not going to purchase any more animal products. But we still had a lot in the house. But after the cancer thing, I was like, nope, we're not... We're just going to donate all of it. <laughs> okay, so who's we? Uh, husband. I never talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, let's see. He went vegan basically once I got rid of everything in the house. I was like, well, if you want to eat animals, you're going to do it away from the house. <laughs> and basically, you're not bringing anything into the house. None of the groceries are going to have animal products. And, you know, his first reaction was, well, I don't think this is healthy. You know, we both work out a lot. I don't know, how are we going to build muscle? And mm-hmm. all the typical stuff mm-hmm. we hear. Where do you get your protein? And, you know, typical questions we're all programmed to say. And uh, he started doing some research and started finding some vegan bodybuilders and was like, okay, well, they can do it, some pro athletes and people of a higher caliber than, than us as far as athletics go. So uh, he was convinced at that point as well. And so thankfully, that wouldn't have worked out very well. <laughs> what does being vegan mean to you personally? Living a life of the least amount of harm. Mm-hmm. And I think that going into things, this is where it goes into a topic of wearing leather or, or using products tested on animals or eating something like Oreos that are technically vegan, but if we look at the ingredients and we see that palm oil is one of them and we're realizing how much of the Amazon gets torn down and orangutans are losing their homes and getting burnt by fires for palm oil, to me, that's not vegan. It's like mm-hmm. the ingredients might be vegan. And, and of course, I'm not perfect. Like, I do have Oreos every once in a while, or I've made mistakes, but I think as long as we're making conscious decisions and we're trying to make those decisions based on how can this help or hurt others, including animals, that that's the best way. But it starts getting into a really tricky subject when you start talking about clothing because it's really easy to cut out leather and fur, but you start really thinking about the ethics of things, and you're like, well, this was made in a slave shop, or, or people weren't treated correctly, or there's certain animals that they're still using in the production that might not be in the final product of the, say they're using an elephant to pull something, or right. go get the, the grains or the cotton or whatever from the fields. Is that vegan? Probably not, but you start tripping on it way too much, and I think it becomes overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So to sum it all up, I think just being conscious, making conscious decisions, Please share how you continue to benefit mentally, physically, and emotionally. Spiritually. I was going to say, you know, spiritually is something that's always been kind of hard for me to have the connection to. I know it's me, like it's my own resistance a lot of times, but what I can say is that it's so much more about the food, just like we kind of talked about consciousness. Mm -hmm. And I think... um, when you start being more aware of the things that you're doing and trying to do the least amount of harm in all of your actions, and you, know, you just start realizing what kind of impact you can have on 
on others, like humans and animals. First, I think, comes a lot of sadness. For me, it did. Because I didn't realize... I thought I was a really good person, you know, before I was vegan. And I'm not saying I was a bad person. But I thought I was aware. I thought I tried to put others first. I called myself this huge animal lover. So it was such a shock to me when I started realizing what I was contributing towards. Mm -hmm. And it kind of put me into a depression. Why didn't I know this? Why was I paying for this? How can I call myself an animal lover if I'm eating them? Like, it, it was really rough for a little bit. But there's no point in beating yourself up, and that doesn't do any good for anyone. So I started just kind of being more connected. And there's this quote, I can't remember who it was by even or exactly how it went, but a woman on my podcast was sharing it with me. And it was something along the lines of, when you see suffering, come closer to it. Don't turn a blind eye, don't walk away, get closer to it and understand it. And it's that's so powerful and so hard for me to accept at the same time because there's just, it's so easy for humans to just be like, that's hurtful. That hurts me, so I'm not going to do it. I'm going to walk away. And I think as vegans, we get a lot closer to pain and suffering than a lot of other people do, whether it's a documentary or going to a pig vigil or any of these kind of activism type things. It's really, really hard on most of us, but nothing compared to what it is for the animals. And so I think it's made me more aware as a human. I think it's made me more compassionate. I think it's made me a little bit more understanding. I think it's helped personal growth a lot because I went through a phase of hatred, too, mm -hmm. towards other humans and myself. And after realizing that does no good, <laughs> it's kind of turned into more of a compassionate side. So... I mean, I feel like I'm feeling emotions that I've never felt before, that's for sure. <laughs> it's great to have a good, supportive community. Mm -hmm. I think that that's super important for anyone because, especially when you're on the animal activist side, you're going to see things and hear things you never even thought humans were capable of, mm -hmm. and that's really hard to take in. How do you define a vegan lifestyle? Just trying to live the least amount of harm. All of us make mistakes. Has there been a time that I've gotten bread at a restaurant and didn't ask if there was any egg or milk? Of course. It's, it's not something I do regularly or intentionally, mm -hmm. but it's definitely happened. And you can't beat yourself up over that. It's, no. it's, you're still doing so much better than most people are doing. And I think that, yeah, just trying to live most compassionately and, and make choices based on the impact that it may have on others. Tell me a little bit about a week in the life of vegan Danielle. <laughs> I guess I can just kind of go through what my <laughs> week looks like. <laughs> so if we start with Sunday, <laughs> that's meal prep day. Okay. So that's, I think that's probably one of the biggest impacts for me um, being vegan and the biggest thing I can share with others because I hear a lot of this, I don't know what to cook. Vegan food, in quotes, is expensive. All these kind of things that the people have stuck in their head because they're, they don't know. And I, I get it because I was there too. First of all, Rice and beans are some of the cheapest things on the planet. <laughs> so yes, going to vegan restaurants can be more expensive, but let's learn to cook at home more. Sunday is usually like noon on-ish is uh, when I do meal prep. I'll do something that's whole food plant-based, so not processed stuff. Maybe like burrito bowls, and I use mason jars that I just wash out mm -hmm. every, uh, every time, and they're like a perfect amount of serving, too. So I usually do like rice, beans, bell peppers, onions, whatever, or switch it up. Maybe we'll do some, like, pasta. Or, it always is super vegetable-heavy, though. I'll do that, clean the kitchen, whatever. I go to the gym about five days a week, I'd say. It's a good average. Every morning before work, 
And yes, Monday through Friday, I'm at the studio producing. And when I have the opportunity to do my own podcast, I have guests on share their experience about you know how they went vegan and what they're doing today. And I try because <laughs> I'm pretty active on Instagram. I, I try to be careful how much I get into the animal activist pages because it gets so upsetting for me that I fully support them, but I, I just can't believe how cold-hearted some people are. I'm like, mm-hmm. literally watch suffering on there, and they're, like, making bacon jokes. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. I usually I try to post something on Instagram, whether it's a recipe or, like, supporting another small vegan business. Most of my posts have something to do with being vegan, like, in some way or another, and I, I love to use that as a platform to show people, like, hey, you know, you can cook really easily or whatever. Actually, most of the things I do revolve around why I'm vegan, so <laughs> it's, you know, maybe not huge impact stuff like a lot of my friends do, you know, going into Whole Foods and doing crazy disruptions and stuff, but... I just try to do it, like, on a more nonchalant way, like, <laughs> right. which some people would say I'm not active enough. Wow. People have actually said that to me. Oh, my God. I, I literally made a post on Instagram one time that I drew one stick figure, and it was two talk bubbles, like, think bubbles. One side of the thing was, like, you're not doing enough. You need to do more about basically all the really hardcore vegans being, like, you need to do more stuff. And then the other side was all the, the non-vegans that are like, stop posting, nobody wants to see this, you can't build protein, you're weak, like all these big crap. And I literally took it from comments that uh-huh. I've had on my own Instagram or text messages or whatever, you know, I didn't put people's names on it, but right. it was basically like little quotes from both sides. And it was like the stick figure in the middle, like holding her hair up like a crazy person, like, ah, like I just, I can't, I got both of you saying that I'm either doing too much or not enough. And I just realized that, you know what? At some point, you just got to shut out all the chatter and just kind of do what you think is right. And I think if your heart and your brain are are in the right, you know, like I think everybody's got a place. Even the people that don't care about the animals that show how to cook vegan meals, everybody has to eat. Follow Mm -hmm. that. Like, I think those people are doing sometimes even more activism by showing people how to cook. So I don't Mm -hmm. think there's any right or wrong way to do it. What is most important to you about living a vegan lifestyle? I mean, the animals have always been number one. So I'd say at least appearing to have my own sanity. (laughs) I might not have it, but at least online (laughs) or in person is appearing to be cool. Like, like just because nobody wants to listen to a crazy person. I don't really care what people think of me. I just don't. I want to do things that benefit the animals. And so I think that that's always kind of mattered to me was like okay well I can't sound too crazy and blah 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 because then people aren't going to listen which you know I might be in my own head too much I was in the break room and most of the guys at my work know that I'm vegan and because they all make fun of me for it and I go in there and I never say anything to them just I mean okay I don't want to say never I hardly ever say anything to them unless I'm provoked to <laughs> um, but I don't go out of my way to be like what are you eating? I just ignore it so one of the guys like put some burrito you know steak and egg whatever crap in the microwave and he gets it out, and he's, like, sitting down eating it. He goes, sorry, sorry, it's not vegan, you know, right when I walk in. I'm like, what the hell? I do not give a crap what you're eating. I didn't say anything to you. Leave me out of your conversation. Those people aren't even worth having the vegan conversation with because they just think it's funny. So he, he was like, whoa, you know, like, kind of snapped at me. And I'm like, I'm just, you know, all of you guys pick on me for the same thing. I didn't bring it up. And what I ended up thinking about afterwards, and I made a little story about this on Instagram, I'm like, 
if you feel the need to get defensive before anybody even says anything, that's such a good thing because that's your own conscience. You're literally going against your own values and you have to justify it. You had to verbally tell me, <laughs> oh, what I'm doing is not that wrong. I think innately people do know better and then, you know, like we had mentioned earlier, they, they get polluted, you and I included, you mm-hmm. know, with everything that goes on and people have super busy lives and they're just go, 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 go. There's no time to think. There's no time for compassion when you got screaming kids in the car and you go to drive through. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not a thought of, I wonder, like, how many animals were tortured for this hamburger or, you know, what about the health side? All this, you know, added sodium and cholesterol and all this crap that we're just feeding our kids and who knows what these preservatives are. What do you wish more people understood about the benefits of being vegan? about living a vegan lifestyle in general. <laughs> I just laugh because, you know, I consider myself a pretty athletic person and the number one question all the time is, where do you get your protein? I, yes. It's a broken record. Like, mm-hmm. I swear people were programmed to say that. And, I mean, and if you look at it, like, you look at some of the, especially fancier restaurants, you go in and it's like, greens, proteins, and they literally, the only thing on the menu under proteins are animals, as if plants are protein, right, yeah, Yeah, as if it's the only source, and, you know, one of the the biggest things I try to get across to people is, like, when you think about the animals that humans tend to eat, chickens, pigs, cows, maybe goats, fish, there's not a whole lot of animals that, at least in developed countries, that people eat, but those animals are obligate herbivores, so that means that they, if given the choice, are going to eat plants, and do eat plants, Mm -hmm. maybe an occasional bug here and there, but, like, they're eating plants. If that animal is getting enough protein from those sources, why can't we do the same thing? Why would we eat the animal to get the protein he got from the plants? We can go straight to the source, to those plants that they got the protein from, without all the added crap, and not even counting the cruelty. Plants have protein. Like, this is what's so frustrating to me, and I get so many people saying, well, you know, it's more complete protein. Okay, if you eat a variety of plants, like we're meant to do, the whole eat the rainbow saying, (laughs) you're going to get all of your nutrients. And so what I like to ask people is where do they get their fiber? Because that is the number one thing. There is no fiber in animal products. The biggest issues in in America that people are dealing with, I think it was like four out of the top five currently are directly related to diet. Heart disease, type 2 diabetes, hypertension, high blood pressure, all of these things. And people are dying from these conditions and their arteries are full of bad cholesterol and animal fats. And then they're the same people telling me that I'm not getting enough protein off my vegan diet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When you hear excuses from someone about why they couldn't go vegan, do you feel you're able to change their perspective with what you know? Mm. Depends on the person. Mm -hmm. I'd say more often no, just because people are very ignorant and very close-minded. They don't want to believe that they're currently contributing towards such horrific things. And I've found that even though the animals are number one thing for me, it's easier to get people on the diet because people are also innately selfish and we are also survivors. And I think talking to them about the diet side of it is a lot easier, and it's also, it doesn't put them in a defensive position of like, oh, I've been adding to all this harm. So I think if you talk to them about, hey, did you know that actually type 2 diabetes is not caused by high sugar? Yes, you can see spikes in your glucose, but 
it's initially caused because your arteries are so <laughs> clogged that your body cannot absorb the sugar. So it stays in your bloodstream. <laughs> and it's just, you know, these kind of things and, and talking to people about heart disease and talking to people about even things like for me, cystic acne, like that was something I had all the time until I quit dairies. It's a little bit easier to get on that track. Or if you have footage right in front of you, like I've done a lot of things for Anonymous for the Voiceless, and there are TV screens which are very hard to watch, but it is showing standard practice in animal agriculture. Mm -hmm. Standard practice, not anything crazy or farms under investigation, just normal stuff that people videotaped. And we do it on the street, and people walk by, and in that case, it's really easy to get people on the animals because they have to watch it, and they have to see how bad it really is. Mm -hmm. But even then, like, I always wonder, like, okay, so they saw it, and it hurt their feelings when they saw it, but, you know, they're going to make a justification the next morning. So I, I do think it's really hard. It's one little seed out of many mm -hmm. seeds planted because, you know, me watching a little bit of Earthlings or a little bit of Educated or whatever um, was not my first time ever hearing about it, but it was my first time seeing it. Definitely first time seeing it. I, I had no idea how bad it was. I don't know what I had in my mind that, like, I'm eating a dead animal. How did it get from alive to dead? Like, I, there was no thought process. It was just, so it was my first introduction to any of it, which is kind of crazy to admit. But the first time I had ever heard about veganism, I was early 20s. I was in Arizona at my friend's house. My friend Brandy, I had been friends with her in California, and she moved out there. And I went out there to go visit her, and I remember we went to the grocery store and all she bought was plants. And I remember her saying, I did this, I think this was the first time I heard the word vegan. And she said, well, I'm vegan. I'm like, oh, what does that mean? And she's like, oh, it just means that I, I don't eat animals. I don't remember her ever telling me why. She mm -hmm. was in perfect shape too. So I don't know if it was for health reasons. I don't know if it was for the animals. I don't remember her telling me anything. I just remember her saying, I don't eat animals, which makes me think she was probably more on the animal side. And even that kind of stuck with me. She didn't harass me. She didn't even tell me anything about it. I just said, oh, okay. So she basically said, while you're here, we're only going to eat plants. Mm -hmm. like, okay, fine, whatever. I wish she would have told me a little bit more. But, like, you know, we can't go back and change things. It took me almost another 10 years before I actually went vegan after that. But even that was a little seed for me that I, I remember. And my memory is not great. So the fact that I remember it's a pretty good thing. <laughs> How do you feel about mainstream coverage of animal cruelty, environmental concerns, and the like via social media and news outlets? Okay, I think it's the only way that some people are going to be exposed to it. Mm -hmm. I'm saying all people. Now, here's the thing. A lot of times it's dumbed down, which makes it good and bad. They have to make it a lot less violent to be able to put stuff. I mean, even Instagram, you know, it's like, no, nope, too violent, can't post it, or they put a filter over it. It's like a double-edged sword, because if you show people too much violence, they won't look at it, they'll dismiss it, they'll think it's a one-time case, oh, well, the farm I buy from is not mm -hmm. like that. If you don't show them enough violence, they say, oh, well, yeah, you know, it kind of sucks, but it's the circle of life. I hear that a lot. I'm like, oh, God, it doesn't have to be. Right. Whatever. Um, so, I mean, overall, I think it's great. I think it's, it's uh, you know, just like Anonymous for the Voiceless and... Um, you know, a lot of these amazing documentaries that have come out, you know, Game Changers is being released soon, finally, <laughs> and that one's obviously mostly on athletes, but it's still mainstream coverage. I think it, it can be hurtful, depending on the reporter, if it's like mm -hmm. a news coverage, because I've seen some that are just like, they make vegans look 
crazy. Oh, you know, 100 activists storm into Whole Foods and lay on the floor with blood covered, you know, and it's like, well, yeah, somebody on the outside is going to be like, look at these crazy people, you know, like, vegans are all crazy. I think overall it's a good thing because every time we put the word vegan into media, especially, like I know now, we'll hear some of the commercials for like Carl's Jr. and Burger King for their, you know, Beyond and Impossible Burgers. I heard one on the radio. You know, I saw one on TV or there's like the Country Croc uh, commercial that says it's made from plants and like this little kid's asking his mom about it. Uh, herbivorous dino- dinosaurs, you know, like the brontosaurus was an herbivore, he only ate plants, and then they're talking about making it strong, making him strong, and I'm like, oh, these are so positive, you know, these are really cool things, so I think every little piece of it still plants more little seeds, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even if it is kind of harmful towards vegans, I think it's still something, I wish this was a little better, but, you know, well, I'll take it. <laughs> okay. So leading into that, what questions would you pose to mainstream to move the conversation to what you feel is most important to understand about the global benefits of these? Ooh. So I think getting into global benefits, I think we can really talk about the environment because mm-hmm. uh, I'm definitely not an environmentalist as far as, like, knowing a lot of what goes on. I know enough to know that what we're doing is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I definitely couldn't give you stats or any of that kind of stuff, but... What I can say that is, is people, like we keep going back to, is people are innately selfish, they, they want to be healthy, they, you know, they're survivalists, whatever. Now, obviously this planet is a part of our survival, and we've got all this crap going on with the Amazon right now, and the fires, and people are just hearing about it, and they're like, what the hell, I can't, you know, I can't believe, well, we, yeah, this is what happens when meat consumption is so high, but we can look at, even aside from that, we look at the methane gas from all the cows and we look at how much land do we have to tear down to have these factory farms and where's the sewage going you know the the feces where's that going it's going into our water supply and you know you look at places like North Carolina that has the highest density of pigs and the water that the people are drinking is being contaminated by the pigs and people are getting sick and these are low-income families that can't afford to move out of here. It's like, this is so much more than an animal issue. This is a people issue. Mm-hmm. So I think that's my biggest thing is we look at like a global thing. This is affecting people. This is affecting our planet. Like, you know, there's so many more things that it's not just a cruelty thing that I think if we don't change and we don't move to more of at least a plant forward diet, you know, like I don't, wish the whole world would go vegan, but I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon, so let's focus on plant forward. Yeah. Um, I I think we have to. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think we're getting to a point where our population is so large, and the amount of damage that humans do is insane. How do you feel about the use of self-identifiers, such as vegan, partially vegan, flexitarian, and the like? You're not vegan. <laughs> like I hate those terms. Like I'm mostly vegan, or I'm a flexitarian. What's a flexitarian? That's just a non-vegan. You choose to sometimes eat compassionately and other times not. So you're just a regular person. I'd say the only difference in that is almost makes you worse because the regular people in quotes probably don't know anything about veganism. They they just eat because they eat, and they this looks convenient. Let's go to a mainstream restaurant and go eat a hamburger. They're not thinking like, oh, today's my cheat day, I'm going to eat an animal. They're just, they don't have any knowledge of mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Flexitarian, you're admitting that you know the benefits or the harm. You're making a yep. conscious decision to sometimes eat hell. <laughs> like, you know, I'm like, no, I hate those terms so much. You're either vegan or you're not. <laughs> you can't be this 90% vegan. I hate that. Like, oh, you, 
you sparked a little <laughs> thing in me. <laughs> and this is something, and I don't mean to turn it too dark, but this is something I recently just talked about on Instagram as well. I can't be sort of a murderer or sort of a rapist or sort of, right. you either are or you aren't. You either believe that these things are okay or, or you don't. And that's what veganism is. And like we had said in the beginning, like every vegan has made a mistake, either intentionally or non-intentionally, but we're not perfect. We're human. That doesn't mean I'm not vegan. Like right. I'm, I'm still vegan. Like I just, you know, I, it's like people who are recovering from drug addiction or alcoholism. Like they have that one drink that doesn't mean that they just give up everything and like, oh, well, I might as well just go on a bender. Yeah, a lot of them do. But, like, it doesn't mean you can't come back. You know what I mean? And that's what's, like, frustrating. It's like, no, I still have these morals and these values. I just, I'm human, and this happened, you know? Every little step towards compassion counts. Exactly. Yeah. So, and I think as vegans, that's something that we can learn from, too, is being a little bit more compassionate towards those who do mess up more often than maybe we have. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know what? I want you to do better, but I totally get it. And I also want you to stay here with us on this path. So let's forgive this mistake and move on, you know? How do you feel about the phrase plant-based being used today by companies of all kinds for meals, textiles, home goods, accessories, personal care, and other products that are not in fact vegan? Okay, so I think it makes it really confusing for people. Yep. Because here was my first, my first introduction to the words plant-based was that basically you're not necessarily adopting the vegan lifestyle. You're not cutting out leather. You're not cutting out fur. You're not cutting out uh, products tested, tested on animals. But what you eat is vegan. But then I started running into, I'd see people put like a, a post a picture of like rice and beans and all this stuff on Instagram. And then it'd have an egg on top and it'd be like plant-based. I'm like, that is not plant-based. But their thought process was that it was primarily plants, therefore plant-based. Okay, logically that makes sense. In the yes. vegan community, that's not what that means. Right. I think it is extremely confusing for people. I know it's a less harsh word than vegan because a lot of people are afraid of the word vegan. Mm -hmm. So I get why companies use it. In my opinion, don't say plant-based unless it's vegan. Because for those of those people that are trying to eat better, because that's where I've made a mistake too. There's a cheese that's sold at a popular health food in quotes store that says plant-based cheese on the outside. And I bought it. Because I didn't read the ingredients, because mm -hmm. I just saw plant-based, and it contained lactose. And I'm like, what the hell? For me, it makes me sad because I just contributed to more cruelty. You know, at that point, I don't care as much about my health, but I just heard some animals buying this. Like, what the right. hell? And, and it was an almond-based cheese. I'm like, why the hell is there lactose in this? And it says plant-based on the front, because it's primarily made up of almonds. So check your labels. <laughs> that's my biggest thing is, like, check your labels. Make yeah. sure it says vegan and there's no byproducts in there because you, that's a mistake that I've made in my journey recently. It was It's confusing and there's not a definite answer to it. What vegans do you respect and keep tabs on? Ooh. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> okay, so I got two that really come to mind right now. My friend Lauren on Instagram, um, she used to be Vegan Life by Lauren. Now she's Lauren White is her name, Loving Life by Lauren. She changed her name on there. She is an amazing vegan woman. She's very empowering. Like, I respect her a lot on the empowerment side and a lot on the um, 
not caring what people think. Like, she recently just shaved her head. I don't, I would never do that. Like, I, I'm like, props to you, girl. She, her whole thing was like, well, you know, my hair's heavy and it's hard to wash, and why not? Everybody's perceiving this whole Britney Spears psycho moment. She's like, no, that's not what happened. Like, I just was, you know, I just wanted something different, whatever. And I think it's so amazing that she's so confident and so comfortable to do that, because I could never do that. I was just like, all right, go you. Yeah. I'll be over here cheering you on, but I'm not doing it. But she's just always been such a positive person in my life, and I love just following her on Instagram as well as a friend. She's been one of those really positive people all the time. Like, I never hear her complain about anything. My friend Rachel Hostler, she is a huge impact in the activist side. She started the Anonymous for the Voiceless San Diego chapter. Her and my friend Carl Kyler, they started it together. And Rachel, I feel like everything she does is animals first, no matter what. Like, she will be late on a car payment <laughs> to make sure she buys another TV for Anonymous for the Voiceless so that people can do their activism. She's at every single protest, every everything. One more person that I think of is Ellen Erickson. She's huge in the animal rights stuff as well, but she's, I'd say I see her mostly, SeaWorld, Delmore Racetrack, and the Rodeo. She's out there protesting every single event. She is pulling people aside, asking them what they think about it. Because most people, we keep going back to our, you know, innately don't want to do harm. And they don't know what happens on the track. They don't know what happens in a rodeo because it's all closed off. Like Delmar Fair is another one. Mm -hmm. The animals that are at the fair, they, they don't get to live. The 4-H animals, they are slaughtered. They are sold for slaughter. These are things that her and I have talked about. She's an amazing person to look up to as far as that. Speaking up for the animals, those women are definitely the people I look up to. To sum our time up together in one sentence, please tell us, why are you vegan? I'm vegan because I feel that eating animals or using their products does not align with the person that I want to be in a compassionate light. Is there anything you'd like to, to talk about or to share with us? that we haven't discussed with regard to veganism? Watch the documentaries. Watch an animal one, Earthlings, Dominion. Watch one of those. Watch What the Health. Watch Forks Over Knives. You know, get every perspective. Cowspiracy is great for the environment. These documentaries, I mean, they did an amazing job interviewing people and showing what it's really about, and it's so much more than some words in a podcast can mm -hmm. share. You can see the images and you're going to watch the animal ones, Earthlings and Dominion, watch it with a friend because they're rough, but I think that it's extremely important for people to understand what really happens, and no, these aren't the cruel farms, these are standard practices. Go to Anonymous for the Voiceless website, just kind of see what everybody's all about, because trust me, it's a lot worse than you think. Yeah. Once you uh, grasp the side of the animals and you understand a little bit about the health and the environment, they... It would be really hard to not be vegan. Mm -hmm. well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. We hope you've enjoyed this interview. Find out when the next episode of this enlightening and thought-provoking interview series is available by following Why We Are Vegan on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. The ID for all three is Why We Are Vegan. We're also on YouTube and iTunes. You can visit our free resource site, whywearevegan.org, for podcasts you may have missed and links to all our social media. Take care.